<laughs> Welcome to another edition of the Mexican Soccer Show. This is not Weasel Vasquez. This is not Cesar Hernandez. It's Tom. I'm going to host a little bit tonight. And with me to talk Liga MX 2020 Clausura. After stewing over the long off season, suffering, seeing everything going down. <laughs> uh, Adriana Terrazas, how's it going, Adriana? Uh, long, good long break there between the uh, the final and the and the start of the new season. Oh, huge! We're just expecting Liga Mexico come back so soon. Now. <laughs> um, people are. I mean, honestly, I have like colleagues that weren't really. They didn't know that the league was starting this week. <laughs> that's yeah. that's how weird everything is down here. I mean. Today, um, we're recording this on a Monday. Today is um, Dia de Reyes. Today is the day that we have, like, this amazing bread, and you have to, like, um, get your own piece. And if you get el muñeco, like a, like a small, like, baby Jesus inside, then in a month you have to pay the tamales. So people are still, like, looking into those things, like eating a lot and seeing family and friends. Um, but I've been, I've been enough, looking for a gym. <coughs> yeah, but get, get, get some kind of shape. <laughs> You, you, you know, you, now there's like like roscas that have animals. Have you gotten one of those, by the way? I've not. That's no. like a, like like a thing. <laughs> oh yeah, you have to. Yeah. Um, I just try. So, yeah, just with anything, I just try my try my best not to uh, choke on uh, when I get the mono thing. <laughs> oh yeah, that's yeah, that's important. <laughs> um, but yeah, anyway, it's a weird week. People are still off. People are still. I think. Barely, like m- many people will start working tomorrow, so they'll probably like remember like, oh yeah, there's like Liga Mex this Friday. Um, so it's still kind of weird. I mean, it's just something that will continue to happen as long as we have the Club World Cup coming up and just making last seasons so much longer. But, but yeah, it's, I mean, still exciting. Some really good moves between some of the clubs. Um, Adriana, I think Chivas fans question. are just as excited as Cruz Azul fans are disappointed at this point. Yeah, question for you. Yeah. Are the Super Chivas, the Chivas Galacticas, as as they've been called in some of the media, are they back? I mean, going through the names of, of incoming Chivas players, Uriel Antuna, Victor Guzman, Jesus Angulo, Cristian Calderón, Jose Madueña, Alexis Peña, Gallito Vasquez, and JJ Macias. Is this a team now with Chivas? For me, this is the story of the off-season. I think even when we're building up to the final... There was still so much talk about Chivas. Um, they've gone out there. They have lost Alan Pulido. They've lost Mayorga. They've lost Van Rankin. But really, in terms of a definite start, they've only lost Pulido. But all those names that I've just mentioned there, I mean, I don't know. This has been a big shock because we all we all thought that Chivas were, didn't have any money and that they were struggling financially. And then all of a sudden, they just start rolling out signing after signing. I mean... I know this has been the on all the TV shows in Mexico is the debate, but where do you place this Chivas team now? If you were to do a preseason power rankings, where do you put this Chivas team? I mean, I know it's you know people on TV are like oh champion or semi final, but I mean if you were to put a one to eighteen, where does this Chivas team now in a power rankings fit in Liga MX? I put them like in third or fourth place just wow. by looking at the squad. I, I really don't think, um, I mean, Monterrey and Tigres are just unbeatable, despite the fact that, I mean, Monterrey still has time to announce new players. They might lose some, um, Urreta Vizcaya, I think, is kind of rumored to go to South America, for instance, stuff like that. Um, but just like 
I, I think it's more the depth of the players, of the, like the squad, and how many like possible changes you can have throughout the season, more than like the the names per se. I mean, yeah, I know I agree. Like also looking to the fact, yeah, also looking to the fact that America is rumored to lose so many players, and possibly I think the best player maybe last season or at least from like like, like last year, Guido Rodriguez. Um, if he does go to Betis, I think that would be a huge loss to America. They're also rumored to uh, maybe lose maybe Nico Castillo, Roger Martinez. So it's it's not like, I mean, still, I mean, you look at Tigres, for instance, and yeah, they have a better squad. Monterrey has a better squad. Um, but I think the death of, of the squad in Chivas is something that we really appreciate because throughout this season and probably last year entirely, you would look to the bench and you would be like, oh, no. I mean, yeah. really? That's it? That's the bench? And now I'm a bit more confident that you can probably rotate players with the cup and league, and if you lose someone due to injuries, it won't be that, uh, I mean, that worrisome. And also, I mean, we have the, the Olympic qualifiers coming up, so we will probably lose some players there as well. Yeah. So it's good to know that we have um, a better squad as a whole and not just like a really good starting lineup. Yeah, no, it's it's crazy. I mean, I think I think Tena, Luis Fernando Tena, I think that, that his thing, the difficulty is going to be to pick that 11 and to keep everyone happy. Because, I mean, if you look, if you look, you know, at the, at the forward line, I mean, I don't know, there's just, even the centre-back, I mean, just in the centre-back positions, you've got Hiram Mier, Oswaldo Alanis, Antonio Briseño, Alexis Peña, and Sepulveda. Um, you know, you got five centre-backs there who could all start in the Ramex. You know, Briseño obviously came back from Europe, Alanis came back from Europe, Mier and Peña have been, you know, we're both regulars playing, um, you know, before the before they signed. So, I mean, it's yeah. uh, it's crazy. And then, you know, I don't know. I mean, it looks like Joffis, Joffis is going to be on the bench. Um, <laughs> you know, and... and We're not, I, I, I'm sorry about that. <laughs> yeah. But it, it just looks like this team, I mean, look, at the goalkeeper as well. He basically, Ricardo Pelaez has come in and, and obviously he's been promised the money. Um, the other sporting director, Zaban, I mean, I think Pelaez is very rational. He's a good sporting director, but... It's a lot easier to do these kind of trades when, um, you know, when you've got money behind you. I mean, it's not it's not rocket science to to look at Oriel Antuna and think that he could be a good signing. Um, so, yeah, I, I mean, you just look at every position. There's two players now. You can see what he's done. I was writing down some of the names earlier today for for a story I'm doing, and you know, every position there's two names. Um, you know, and you look at the midfield, Gallito Vasquez, Jesus Molina, I think, you know, if those two players start, Victor Guzman maybe is the number 10. Um, but, but everywhere you look, you lo- you're leaving players out. Um, I-, I think I'd put them maybe five or six, to be honest, in the, in the power ranking. I think I'd, I think I'd go for the two Regio clubs. I think I'd go for America, and I might just about put Santos Laguna if they keep Brian Lozano. I mean, if you do, if you lose Brian Lozano to, to MLS, to DC United, um, as has been rumored, then then I think I think Chivas might just go a little bit above them. But um, but yeah, I think I mean it's good. I think it's good for the for the all of the Mexican league to to see you know a Chivas team now. You know everyone's excited about them, and there's people turning up for for training sessions. Um, and and so it's uh, it's going to be it's going to be interesting to see how it pans out. I don't think it's this super Chivas 2.0 and the Chivas Galacticas as, as people are saying. I agree with, <laughs> with what you said Adriana. It's more like now you've got you've got strength in depth and the manager has got choices. If one of the players isn't playing well, well you're out. You know, if you drop 5% then there's somebody, you know, who's who's as good or almost as good as you to to step into your shoes. Yeah, agreed. I mean 
And it doesn't come down only to the money. I mean, because you've got other teams that have never had any problem with money, like Cruz Azul, for instance. I'm sorry, Cruz Azul fans. I know this hurts. Um, but it, it really is, and this is what I think everyone respects about Ricardo Pelaez. It's really the responsibility of having a, a really good team. I, I mean, a team that is competitive in every single position. And the fact that it's a complete team before the season starts. I mean, I think, I think that's just so vital for any team. I mean, Querétaro players were announced today and they're still expecting a couple more and they start playing this weekend. Um, some of them haven't even practiced with the team yet. So, I mean, it's a slight advantage. It might seem like a small advantage, but sometimes it, it can make such a big difference to have one or two or three weeks when you have an entire squad available. They're healthy. They get to know each other. Um, you kind of break the ice with the new players. So I think it's really important. And the thing with Chivas as well is, I mean, they just signed a new contract with the TV stations. So I don't know if that's why they were able to make that many signings after we've heard them say that they had economical difficulties the last couple of years. But it, it at least it just came down to, okay, we got the money somehow. I'm not sure it was because of the TV rights. Yeah. Um, I, I'm not sure. I'm not sure that, I, I don't know how long the contract is. My, my suspicion, I don't know. My suspicion is that it's only a short-term contract and that they're still... I don't know, almost like they wanted to put this team together because basically if they're going to negotiate and carry on negotiating with you know an exclusive TV company, because, of, because this time they're sharing it around again, and somebody in the States because they've got no TV, they've got no contract in the States as I understand it. Um, yeah. but, but, but I mean, so you can't... I think they Go on, say it again. Yeah, I, I think they don't have um, a specific TV rights holder for the, for the States. They still have like Chivas TV. Yeah, I mean... You can't go five seasons without making the playoffs and then go to TV companies and say, give me loads of money. You know what I mean? As popular yeah, as Chivas are, you know, as, as, as almost a guarantee that Chivas are, you're still going to be, you're still going to be struggling a little bit to, um, you know, for the TV companies to kind of say, okay, yeah, we'll pay you that. They're going to say, all right, well, you know, cause you look at how many, you know, I think it was 24 million. Was it the first leg of the final? Legal Max final in, in Mexico, and then the second leg was 3.3 million people in the States. Um, I mean, but that's for a final. You know what I mean? I mean, if you get Chivas, you're yeah. guaranteed a kind of, you know, once a year you're going to get a Classical Nacional. But then, you know, you only guaranteed those bumper numbers if Chivas is making the Liguilla. Um, and I think that, that that's, that's really important. It's really important that this club, in terms of the TV contract as well, um, is getting in the Liguilla, so I don't know. I'm, I, don't, I don't know the ins and outs of the deal they've got, but from the tweet that Chivas put out, it was it felt to me like they put together the same packages, a similar package to last season, just to tie them over to the to the summer when I imagine they're gonna start negotiating and negotiating again. But uh, you're with Dudiani, Adriana. Have you got no inside information there? <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know. I only know they were they were negotiating. Um... It was kind of a surprise for everybody to know that they actually ended up negotiating with several uh, TV stations. Um, yeah. But yeah, sadly enough, I don't know how long the contract was for, but I'll try to find out. <laughs> yeah. No, yeah, it's uh, it'll be interesting, and, and you know, I think for me that Chivas and, and and the excitement that's you know now surrounding this side is is the story of the of the off season, the very short off season, obviously. Um, what else, Adriana? What else has stood out in terms of? You know, I, I think it's been a weird off-season. I mean, I know it's been longer than we're saying because of obviously that gap between the between the semi-final and the final. But um, it seems like it's been quite strange. There's been a, a couple of kind of trends, tendencies. One of them, MLS clubs coming down and taking 
and taking some of the players. Um, I think that I think it's left certain Liga MX clubs still kind of in a halfway, you know, because the, the international transfer window is open until the end of January. I think there's some clubs still kind of, even though the the season's starting, I think some clubs are still kind of working out what the team's going to look like in by the end of January. You know? Yeah, I agree. I mean, it's it's so funny and, and, and maybe even ironic the fact that MLS was criticized so much by Liga MX fans like six years ago, five years ago, and then all of a sudden um, they're benefiting more from we're benefiting more from MLS than they are from us. I mean, you see so many players that aren't going there to retire. I mean, they're still going when they're in a competitive level. You see Alan Pulido, Lucas Cavallini going over to Vancouver as well. Um, it, it it also makes it more exciting. I mean, I, I do see more people looking into MLS now, like like slowly like looking into MLS because you have all these names, but not only Mexican players, but also foreign players that come over to Liga MX and then continue their careers in, in, MLS, in MLS, like Lucas Alarayan as well. Um, Brian Lozano maybe to DC United as you were saying so it, it it does make it way more interesting and also considering the fact that we're having an MLS Liga MX uh, game in, in July so it, it it is it's really interesting to see all these players coming over and for for some of the Liga MX teams I think it's quite controversial I mean you've got two MLS players in Pumas you've got um, Sebastián Saucedo coming in from Real Salt Lake and then you have Fabio Álvarez coming in from LA Galaxy and this is coming into a club like Pumas that has this huge tradition of creating their own players. It is where Hugo Sanchez was created as a player. Um, they were like the glory of Pumas is knowing that they have such an amazing young program. Um, and then you bring in MLS players. It's it's so ironic. I mean, I, I understand fans are even furious because they've seen so many players, especially from Pumas, leaving the club, and they're young players. I mean, they're really good players. They only need minutes. They only need a bit more patience from from the club to actually make a career, and you're letting them go, and you're bringing in MLS players. So yeah, it yeah. does go with something that's going on with the league, and also taking into consideration that after next season, well, this is the last season where teams will be allowed to have 12 foreign-born players. So you you do start have to start looking into having those Mexican-born players because next season you just won't have a choice. So I do, I, I, I'm starting to see a bit of that, that tendency going on, uh, with some of the clubs, but I kind of worry about others that are still hiring, like, foreign players, and I'm like, dude, I mean, you're not gonna have that many, uh, slots available next season. What are you planning to do with all these, like, foreign more players? Yeah, no, I think Pumas, uh, Pumas interesting. I think not just the MLS players, but, you know, we've signed Johan Vasquez from, from Monterrey the other, uh, I think today. I think he was made official, and, I don't know. It's just like if you if you're a Pumas fan and it's you know it's a bit like Chivas. It's it's you know for the kind of for people tuning in for people getting getting excited. I mean, you want Pumas as well to kind of be a bit of a powerhouse, uh, you know, and have Pumas and Chivas in America and and even Cruz Azul, you know, fighting between themselves and then fighting with the with the clubs from up north as well. Um, but I don't know. It's just with Pumas. I've said this for years though. It's just like very difficult right now to get excited about what Pumas have done. I mean, I don't think they're a bad team by any, you know, by any means. I'm not saying that they're going to do terribly, but they're going to, if it wasn't for Michel, there's not much to get excited about with Pumas right now. I mean, you know, Alejandro Mayorga, I mean, you're signing another young player from Chivas. You're signing another one from, you know, from, from, from Monterrey. 
you're bringing in, you know, a youngster from Real Salt Lake. You're bringing in a former American <laughs> player in in Leonel Lopez. Um, it, it's just, I don't know. It's not, it's not ideal for for Pumas. Um, but I don't know, Adrian. I, I I see. I don't think too much has changed. I think apart from Chivas, I think Chivas are the big movers by by a long way. I think there's a couple of unknowns. I'm not sure what to expect at all about Solos. I think they've signed a couple of really good defenders. Um, Gustavo Quinteros, I think, I don't know, he's coming with a, I don't know too much about him, but it seems like he's, he's, he's going to shake things up. Um, and it could be, it could be a kind of, you know, an exciting new coach in the league. Um, and, and the same with, um, Bezolano over there at, uh, Pachuca. You know, another unknown manager coming into the league that I'm not sure quite what to expect right now. Um, but you know, Bezolano, how old is he? Like 37 or something like that. I mean, He's a, he's a very, it's very young. effect. Yeah, uh, yeah, no, it's, it's <laughs> I, I, I do think, yeah, I mean, I think Pachuca wanted their own Almeida when they signed um, Martin Palermo, and now they went with Pesolano. Yeah. I mean, they want someone young that brings in something fresh for the league. I mean, I really do appreciate it. It's not because I want, like, older coaches to just be out of a job, but sometimes it just seems as though you would see the same coach, like, go, go from one team to the other and then maybe get fired and then get another team. I mean, the league benefits from seeing different playing styles, bringing in new players, um, even the, like the, the fans' expectations with, with the team when they see a new coach and he's exciting and he brings in a different attitude. So I, I really, um, I, I look forward to whenever new coaches come in, just as much as whenever new players come in. And yet, I mean, Cholos, um, this season will be their first with, um, like joint ownership with Querétaro. I mean, we already saw several players from Cholos leave towards Querétaro. Not quite sure what they're seeking to do there. Yeah, um, yeah. But I mean, you've got Nahuel Pan, which will probably be like the biggest absence for Cholos. Go over to Querétaro. Um, Julian Velázquez is also going there, and Antonio Nava. So it is it is interesting to see like what like these groups are starting to do. I mean, we also see it with Atlas um, <laughs> now being with Grupo Orleji, um, just like they were with Santos. It, it's interesting. I mean, at first I would have thought that it was, this was something negative for the league. But after we've seen new owners come in and not fail, but not really succeed with having clubs like, um, like they did with Querétaro last season, uh, Grupo Imagen, um, obviously Veracruz. I mean, it just goes to show that it's really difficult for a really solid um, group to just finance a, a Liga MX team. So if, that's what it takes to have a really like a stronger league, despite the fact that yeah, it's kind of controversial to have two teams. Um, I, I mean, I think it's better off for the league just to be healthy and have not to worry about players not getting paid and then coming out to games that they don't want to play or they're they're turning their shirts inside out because they want to complain about lack of payments and stuff like that. So, um, so yeah, it'll be interesting it's... to see what goes on with Cholos and Querétaro in that sense as well. Yeah, no, it's an interesting topic because, I mean, that's the counter-argument. I mean, obviously you don't want multi-ownership in the league. I mean, that's, you know, it's a given. It doesn't look good from the outside. You know, these trading between the clubs is just a bit weird. You know, Leon and Pachuca are doing it all the time. Um, it's not, <laughs> yeah. you know, it's, I don't know, it's just, it's just not, it doesn't sit right. It's not how it should be. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, I, I think as well these ownership groups, I think they kind of think that the Mexican game is going to, in terms of the, the, the wealth and the, the way they want to structure the league, you know, as in, you know, consolidating in terms of selling TV rates, maybe in the future as a collective deal. And I think they see, I think they think they can make this a business. And I think that's, that's the rationale behind, 
you know, the Cholosa owners, who let's not forget, Cholosa didn't pay wages in t- at certain points in 2019. It's not like these guys are the yeah. best owners in the world, you know. And um, you know, and you look at the 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 you know the the history of the the family who owns the club, and it's very much in politics, and you know, um, based in Estado de Mexico and and Hangron and all that, and. You know, I, I don't think they're doing this because they they kind of want to be nice to fans in Caretero. I think. Hey, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I think, for love of the sport. Yeah, for the love of the sport. I think they they believe they can make money, and I think the same with Irarragorri, with Santos buying Atlas, and um, you know, and Leon and Pachuca slightly different. I think that was more of a you know just a gift to his son, but <laughs> but, but um, it was you know it, it's weird to see those kind of things and. Uh, and, and we'll see we'll see how they how it develops with Caretero because at times it seemed like they had a good a good project with Caretero and and now I don't know I don't know what the future direction of the club is because Cholos to be honest there's so much change there every season the only guy that stays is Palau is Nacho Palau with the, the sporting director <laughs> yeah. you know and they wheel in players they they sell them off and and it's very much wheel and deal and not kind of let's build something for the next three four years so it'll be interesting. Um, America, I'm not as down as you, Adriana, to be honest, on on, on America. I think um, Escobosa is a really good signing. I think they've shown last season that they've got the ability to go into the transfer market and, and get the right player. Don't get me wrong, you know, Guido Rodriguez is going to be a massive blow. That's, you... that's, that's like the biggest blow they could get. I mean, I, I'm pretty sure they're like struggling to keep him. Yeah. But the fact that if they don't sell him now he'll just go for free and during the summer i think that's like the only thing that he's got going for him and he's like you can keep me but then it'll be like a double loss for you because you will lose me yeah and you won't make any money yeah you know it's weird how i've seen numbers in the press like eight million ten million if i'm betis i'm thinking why am i paying eight million you know just to have him for the last half of the season honestly i think that's a lot of money for a player who's out of contract in six months uh, but but you know I mean look at Richard Sanchez who came really from nowhere and he was he was really really good in the Liguilla um, and really nobody had you know big expectations of him and Federico Vinas he was also sensational I mean nobody thought anything of him when he, when he signed and then all of a sudden he's scoring a goal in the final um, so so yeah but but I think America you know I think the Nico Castillo situation needs to be sorted. I, I don't think he's going to go MLS. And, and I, I say, I don't think he's going to go anywhere. Because he makes so much money at, at America. Um, yeah. The transfer fee is going to be really high. I just can't imagine that an MLS club, given given the injuries that he's had over the last 12 months, but it, I, I'm not going to say never, but it'd be, a, I mean, you know, an MLS club signed Brian Fernandez, so <laughs> anything's possible. Um, <laughs> but I mean, but Nico Castillo, I think, would be a risk at this point. I mean, given the last 12 months that he's had and all the injuries and, you know, not just the injuries, but the off-field stuff and his attitude, I think people have criticised him heavily. Um, and at times, rightly so. I mean, some of his use of social media has been has been poor. Um, so I would be surprised. But I mean, you know, that, Miguel, Miguel Herrera, if he's got one thing as a coach, he knows how to get the most out of these players. Even when it seems like, you know, the, the players, you know, he's not going anywhere, all of a sudden with Herrera, they seem to find form. So... I'm not ruling out Nico Castillo, you know, coming back and and scoring a lot of goals next year. To be honest, but um, but we'll see. I think America could be up there. Um, you know, Monterrey, the the league title winners, they've got a little bit more time, no, to sign players. 
I, I don't think they're going to yeah. do much at all. I mean, I could see them um, getting rid of one or a two. Of... Yeah. But um, yeah, maybe. But I think the core of that team is going to be there. I mean, I think if they're going to buy someone, I think they're going to buy someone big. I think they'll go out and buy somebody, you know, to absolutely slot into that first team and spend $10 million because, you know, they're a club obviously with money. Um, and I think over at Tigres as well, um, Nico Lopez, I think, is probably the biggest, the biggest, biggest name signing of the of the winter so far. Um, and you know, Monterrey and Tigres, I think you just expect him to be absolutely, absolutely right up there. Um, I don't know, I can't see much changing there. What about you, Adriana? I don't, I don't see that much changing either. I mean, I'd only worry about what we said. They, they might have to consider that in six months they might have. Um, two or three extra foreign-born players that they have to get rid of. That's maybe the only thing that they might be thinking about. Just knowing Tigres, they might be like, oh, don't worry about it. We have like so many players abroad. They, they own so many players that haven't even played Liga MX yet that are all just all over South America and other clubs. Um, it just doesn't seem as though Tigres will, will ever struggle with something like that. But um, But they're also not a team that has been known to have that many Mexican-born players um, just in like in Duca's mindset, it's just something that doesn't happen. It's not their style. I wouldn't worry about Monterrey as much because I also think that they have young players. I might, maybe Tigres, maybe next year looking into some of the players just getting a bit too old. Yeah. I mean, Guignac won't last forever, so you do slowly have to start thinking about one Mexican-born players. Two, you do have to start like rejuvenating the, the, the squad a bit because I do think that Tigres might suffer if it gets a bit too old. Yeah, I think the average age was. 30.9 years for that last game game they played against America. Like, 30.9, that's the average age. I mean, that's, that's <laughs> absolutely... That's that's really old. I mean, yeah. yeah. I hate to say it, but it, it, it is old for the Mexican team, to be honest. And, um, uh, yeah. I, I, I think um, I, we won't see many changes this season, because I think if Tigres wanted to, they would have done them already, because they had, I mean, they had enough time to do them. Um, Monterrey will, and America will have some extra time. That extra time could probably contribute in, in America's case. It's even more pressure from, to let some of the players go or, um, just to make sure that they have enough. Play. I mean, America has a really solid, I mean, they have really great names, but they suffered so much because of injuries this season. It was yeah. just crazy. I don't ever think they had an enti- like the squad entirely available at any point in the season. I mean, they had so many players leave. The injuries, um, yes, national team call-ups. So I, maybe that's what, what worries America a bit more this season, just knowing the fact that they might not have that squad available the entire season again. Um, because, yeah, you do have these players that are um, getting injured more often than, than than usual. So I don't know. I think maybe Miguel Herrera might look into that. Um, and obviously if Guido goes, they're, they're probably going to look for someone to just fill in that spot because that's a huge spot to fill. Yeah. Yeah, no, I think they'll go out and buy somebody. It wouldn't even surprise me if Marconi comes back into the equation. And I think he'd he'd be a very good, very good signing. Even though the, they see, I think Boca are asking for a lot of money again. But um, <laughs> but I don't think America will have a problem for a player who's absolutely established and you know what you're going to get. I think they'd go out because you've obviously made a lot of money over the last few years on on selling players onto Europe. So I, I think the money's there. It's just going out there and getting the. The, the right player um, Chepo de la Torre back at Toluca is it going to be glory uh, times again or is it going to be another one of those you know the, really the story of Chepo since the 
<laughs> since the national team, really, just not. He's not been terrible, you know. I don't think he was doing absolutely terribly at Chivas. You know, at Santos, he was okay, but I don't know. He, he's just he doesn't really inspire these days. I think that's the problem. But now back at back at Toluca, where obviously he did he did big things. A um, couple of new signings as well. I don't know. I, I can't see it though, me. I don't know. I get I get the feeling Toluca these days don't have much money. It, it does seem that I mean, I remember um, a couple of years ago, was it one year ago? It might be a couple of years ago now. Yeah. Um, they came up and they had these huge signings. I mean, it was like six players, I think. Um, it was just amazing. And I remember um, the club president coming forward and saying, we've never had um, an investment as big as this one we've had right right now. I mean, I remember Guillotti was probably in that list. Um, Mancuello, I think, was in that list. Um, maybe Maidana. Um, it was that generation of players for that for that season, and they totally failed in this in the league of X. I mean, it was really exciting when you saw the names and um, like the experience that all these players had, and they just did terribly. So I, I, if they don't have money, that's why. Um, but yeah, I mean, Chepo Torre coming back, he's not, he's not. Losing another end of the way he... Oh, can you hear me now? Yeah, back. Go on. Okay. Yeah, I was just saying that um, Chep is just one of those coaches that doesn't get that much attention sometimes because he's not like uh, like the personality of Almeida or Turco or, or Tuca, um, but he, he just wants to get the job done. But he's not, personality-wise, he's not like the most attractive coach to follow in Liga MX. Despite that, I mean, I think he has, like, Toluca's one of those teams that has to fight constantly for the Liguilla. I mean, they're the most successful club in uh, ever since we have semester-long tournaments. Um, so it does seem as though they're kind of obligated to make it to Liguilla somehow, despite whatever team they have. And I don't think they have a bad team, to be honest. I just don't think, for some re- reason, we expect much of them this season. Yeah, it's, it's another one that, I don't know, like if you compare, like, Toluca or Bumas now to Santos Laguna. Um, and, and, I, and I mentioned Santos because... They're also not a club that has the biggest budget, you know, because it'd be unfair to to compare anybody really to, you know, America, Tigres, Monterrey. But I look at what Toluca doing and, and and someone like Pumas as well, and I think why why can't you be as smart as Santos? You know what I mean? What why 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 is there so much waste? You know what I mean? I mean, you know, they've got this kid Michael Estrada coming in from Ecuador, um, Macará. I think he goes to game. Uh, Goals to games ratio is is really high, um, but again, it's just it just feels like another one of those where, I don't know. To be fair, I've not seen him play, but it's it's, it's a kind of roll of the dice rather than a, a surefire signing that that's going to work. Um, and again, it's just yeah. I don't get that excitement from from Toluca that you know this is a team that you know you definitely have to watch, and this is you know they're going to do this, they're going to do that. Even with someone like Leon, you know Leon, I think as well. I think you know we mentioned we both mentioned Chivas there. As kind of, I think I put it at five. I think you put it at like three or four. Um, but Leon as well. Let's not forget Leon because this is a, you know, they've lost Macias, which I think is a big blow. But you know, this is a team that no no team in Liga makes one more games in 2019 than Leon. You know. Um, yeah, they had for a season. It was like 13 games, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it was they, they got the yeah the run. Um, no, no team got more points than Leon. I mean, Leon's a serious team, um, and I know you know Macias has gone out, but they've, they've signed this Nicolas Sosa, Jain 
Jaini Barrero from Pachuca, and we'll see how much he plays at centre back. But um, I think I think the key for Leon is going to be replacing Macias. Um, you yeah. know, he, I think he averaged like a goal every two games, so it wasn't like he was, you know, like Angel Mena in the in the in the Clausura 2019. But they do need to replace somebody up front. But I, I think they've got a squad to do something similar. Um, I don't think I didn't think they could replicate what they did in the Clausura in the in the last Apertura. So they were they were they were a bit of a surprise to me. But it wouldn't surprise me this time out because I think. Nacho Ambriz has actually done a, a fantastic job. Going back as well to the style of play, you know, talking about the Pumas, talking about Toluca, talking about these clubs who, I don't know, you just you find it hard to get kind of excited about. Uh, I think Leon have found that, you know, I think Nacho Ambriz and you turn on Leon, a Leon game and it's, you know, it's good, it's good to watch. It's exciting. Yeah, I think, um, like going back to what you said about Toluca and now uh, Leon, I think it's, it, Sometimes it just goes down to the club respecting the identity it's it's known for. I mean, Pumas isn't excited because it doesn't have those young players. Toluca might not be excited because it doesn't have that amazing striker, that um, that Cardoso figure that we constantly saw in 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 Toluca, for instance. You, I remember always Toluca having that one amazing striker. Um, and Santos got really exciting after it started finding these like small gems, but also complementing that. With really amazing youngsters. I mean, they were, um, like U20 and U17 champions, I think, like a couple of years ago at the same time. So it was really amazing to see Santos creating that, like, like small factory of players coming in, selling them off to Chivas, and then Chivas kind of blowing it, but still a really <laughs> exciting player. Um, but then, yeah, so I, th- so I think it sometimes comes down to, and Leon has slowly been getting that identity thanks to Nacho Ambriz of getting these really good um, foreign players as well. I mean, you had Angel Mena come in from Cruz Azul. I mean, just the change that we saw in Angel Mena after we saw him with Cruz Azul and just being that player that didn't fit. It was like a square peg in a round hole, just wasn't a good fit. And then he came to Leon and you were like, you sometimes couldn't think it was the same player. Um, so I, I think it goes down to that, to clubs kind of understanding where their strengths are and just making everything they can to make sure that those strengths are available throughout the entire season. So, yeah, I mean, Leon, I, I agree. I think, I think it's one of those teams that we could pretty much assure to have a, some place in the league. Yeah, I, I wouldn't doubt that. I mean, I'd probably doubt the Luka more than I would from Leon, to be honest. Yeah, no, definitely. Definitely. Um, looking on Cruz Azul, Caraglio has got out for the... For for a long time, just on the eve of the season, really. I mean, the bad luck just won't just won't dissipate for it's for La Máquina. Like two years. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't know. It's they're trying to sign Akilova, but Akilova is, I don't know. I think he's flirting with MLS as well. I think Nashville are after him, and um, it's kind of worrying from a Cruz Azul point of view that he hasn't put pen to paper because this was reported last week that he was a done deal. Now there's reports coming out that you know there's some there's some problems in the negotiations and and for me that's kind of a red herring. It's kind of you know what's going on there. Why you know the the player even said publicly that you you can't say no to Cruz Azul and for for them you know for you know almost a week later for this deal not to be done, I think is a a difficult one. But Cruz Azul, I don't know. I mean, bad season last season and going into this season. I don't know, they're still looking for that striker, I think. <laughs> Santiago Jimenez is going to be playing there. Yeah, it, It's not looking good at all. I mean, Caraglio out um, like 10 days before the league starts. Um, 
you're not getting Akelova, despite the fact you wanted him and Caraglio. So you're like missing two strikers at this point, four days away from starting the season, and your only strikers are Cabecita and Chacuquito Jimenez. Yeah. Um, so yeah. yeah, I mean, I'd be worried. I think that this is, I mean, I don't, I, I mean, I know Cruz Azul fans are probably the best because they're the most patient fans in Liga MX, to be honest, even more so than Atlas fans, I think. But it, it's just like, like, karma i mean they do things so poorly when it comes to bringing in new players and organizing the season i mean i was i'm not a cruz azul fan and i was furious when they said oh we're gonna announce our new players the same day we announced our sporting director so i was like if you're bringing in the sporting director after then who's making the decisions of what players are coming in what players are leaving where's the structure yeah. behind that i mean it's, it's so frustrating yeah. and I mean, now you look at this and you're like, you don't have a, your team isn't complete. You're losing the striker that you thought you were going to have for the beginning of the season. He won't be available at least for a couple of months. And then you're, you're not getting the signing that you were also expecting. So, I mean, it's, it's so frustrating for Cruz Azul fans because you, it's, I agree, it's one of these teams you want to do well, but it just seems so complicated now with all this going on. And then obviously if the league starts and they don't have a good start. It'll just come down to, well, I mean, we wanted to sign Akelova, but he just didn't sign in time. And, well, we lost Milton Caraglio to an injury <laughs> in the preseason. So, yeah, I mean, it's all these things coming down to Cruz Azul, just being Cruz Azul once again and trying to get their fans excited. But I, could, I can't understand them being totally furious and not really, not nearly as excited for the season to start as they should be. Jurado, tam uh, Jurado as well um, brought in and then injured straight away. <laughs> but in, yeah. as a goalkeeper and, and injured and, and that thing that I still don't understand they paid a big transfer fee for a player who in theory and according to communications yeah, from, from 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 League yeah. MX was a free agent <laughs> now I mean all the all yeah. the rumours are that you know that Cruz Azul paid TB Azteca but I mean that's completely illegal <laughs> if that is what <laughs> happened then it's completely illegal by FIFA because a third party these days uh, legally can't own a player. A player can only be owned by a club. Um, and so, yeah. I don't know. I don't know. It's just one of those decisions. Why Why on earth are you paying millions and millions of dollars for a player just because of the Pacto de Caballeros sure. these days? But I'll tell you what, Adrian, I'm not... I don't know. It's difficult to be up about Cruz Azul, but I think that um, that Cepelini, I think he's... From what I've heard, I've not seen. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna kind of lie and say I've seen him play yet. But um, reports that he's doing been doing well in in the preseason. And you know, you look through the list of players, and this team it should be doing okay. I mean, it should be qualifying for the playoffs. Um, I, I do think a lot is going to depend though on that centre forward. Now, I mean, without Caraglio, yeah. I don't know. I'm not sure. I, like, I really like Caraglio, but I'm not sure he's a he's a forward for a for a top team. I think um, he was great at Atlas when he was, you know, doing his thing. I think he was good at Tijuana as well. But I think for a top team, I don't know. You want to see, I don't know. Personally, I'd want to see a bit more fluidity <laughs> rather than someone who's good with his with his back to goal. But, uh, but yeah, Cruz Azul. It's Cruz Azul. I mean, it's difficult. He wants. I mean, I don't know. I'd put them probably number six or seven in, in the power ranking going into the season. But a lot depends on on that striker. Um, wrapping up. In terms of the newcomers, the likes of... Oh, before the newcomers, let's go to a couple of teams who did really well last season. Uh, Nakaxa and Morelia, both are semi-finalists. It just seems like these two clubs don't have the financial 
foundation <laughs> <Don't care. laughs> to to be able to keep the best players. And I think that's I think one of the themes in this season and and going on in League MX right now is that there is a quite significant gap now between the bigger teams and the and the smaller teams. Uh, not like not as much Agreed. as in other leagues, but I mean, Nakaxa just can't seem to resist an offer for a player. I mean, you know, um, Giroga is apparently the, <laughs> the top scorer last season. He's apparently being linked now with Cruz Azul. Um, you know, I think one of the defenders is being how... linked with MLS. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I mean, it's, you know, Christian it's, Calderon's gone. It's crazy. I mean, it's crazy because I mean, you've got some teams. I mean, you've got the teams that buy players, and you've got the teams that create or find players. I'm pretty sure Santos is a team that's known for creating players or finding really good players and then just bringing them up. But um, but they're they're smart enough to know that they just can't let them all go at the same time. They're pretty good. Each year they have someone coming up and or they have their place. And then you go over to the Caxa. By the way, I remember the president really clearly saying halfway through last season when they had this issue with the women's team traveling like hours on the same day that they had to play America. Um, I remember him saying, we've done this before. We're not going to do it again. We're not going to let that many players go because yeah. then it's just off to the same thing and start building a team from zero and uh, all that stuff. And then you look into the season. Uh, first of all, you lost your coach. You lost the coach that took you to a semifinal with a the semi, like a, a decent squad. Okay. It wasn't the most competitive squad. It wasn't the most expensive squad, but it was a pretty decent squad. Yeah. Um, so you let him go because you tell him that you're not, he's not going to have the same players. And that was a decent squad. I mean, he probably needed a couple more players to just come in for this season. So not only are you not keeping those players, you're losing like half of the team. And I really do understand that some of these teams do have to sell some of these players. But if you know that's going to happen, then at least you need to have really good scouts like coming in and having an immediate replacement. And the guys, I think, has really good squads. I mean, if you look in like a couple years ago to to this season, I'm pretty sure we could have a really cool starting lineup of former Necaxa players. Like yeah. starting off with Barovero, yeah. um, and then you've got Cristian Calderón, you've got Lichnowski, you've got Alvarado, you let Peña go, you let Gallegos. go, Gallegos. I'm sorry, you, you've got uh, like really good Brian players Fernandez. coming in. Yeah, obviously Ryan Fernandez. Victor yes. Davila, who's um, at Pachuca. Oh yeah. I mean, I mean, these players are selling for like ten million. I think that Davila was ten million, and he had one good season. Yeah. So sometimes it's the other league rights clubs are a bit dumb as well because <laughs> because they just <laughs> they see one good season and they splash out the money. But this is the thing for me with Nakaxa. I like the model. The models obviously 2019 was wildly successful. Just because they didn't win the league doesn't mean it wasn't a very successful season based on what the expectations were. But as a model, the model that they've got, I don't think you can continue to do it, or, or no. it's a risk. Every time you do it, there's a there's a there's a high risk element, and you're getting your money back, you're getting some money back in, which is obviously great for the owners. But um, but there's obviously a risk to it, and and you look at this in the Caxa team as it stands right now, and you think this is a team that's going to struggle badly, you know. Uh, yeah, Alfonso Sosa, like you said, they... they've lost the coach as well. Who, who it wasn't just. It was the style of play as well. I mean, they played a kind of more conservative style, which I think suited the players and it suited the league. Um, and and I, th- I don't know. We'll see what Sosa does, but it was um, yeah. It's, it's it's I don't know. It's a weird club at the minute in the Caxa. Yeah, it, it reminds me of somehow like Atlante. Like whenever they had like a really good season, and then they'd sell those players immediately, and then they'll yeah. struggle the next season. 
and they'll get like a really good player again, but they'll sell him immediately. So yeah. I mean, I mean, Necaxa does have like still like semi comfortable position relegation wise, but I mean, I wouldn't risk it. I mean, I wouldn't be like, oh yeah, we're gonna lose these players. It's probably gonna be not only a terrible Clausura 2020, it's gonna be a terrible 2020 in general. I mean. I, no matter how many players you bring in during the summer, it's going to be really difficult to have a really competitive team when you let so many players go. Yeah. Not only this season, but past seasons. Yeah. And I that's mean, what you risk yeah. when you're when you're a team like that. You, you you face going down relegation really quickly, and then you're going to struggle really. Yeah, and I don't know. They just need to tweak the policy. I mean, don't sell in the winter. You know, sell only one player as a policy, or two players maximum in the winter. And then in the summer is when you do your overall. If you're going to do that, I mean, to sell so many players over the over the, over the winter, and I think Hugo Gonzalez, this is his last season, and he was sensational as well last season. Um, but yeah, yeah, we'll see. Morelia as well. Um, El Mago, El Mago is in Chilean, <laughs> 36 years old. I, I, I think the most exciting thing about him being announced with Morelia was the fact that they did it with like a Harry Potter like gift. <laughs> Valdivia. Everyone like knew it. it was like, oh, it's Valdivia. I said Mago Valdivia. Um, I mean, four yeah, years, I'm, four I'm, years too late. I mean, I think he's a great player, and but I mean, I think his Wikipedia page um, was actually said that he was a former football player. When I oh wow! Him. And so yeah. I mean, that, <laughs> I think that tells you everything you need to know. But yeah, we'll see. I, I like um, Guede, and we'll see what he can do. But I don't know. What about um, just throwing out names here, Atlas? I quite like Atlas this season. But I, I, I quite kind Atlas of always a... kind, quite like Atlas and then things just kind of fall the wheels kind of start falling That's off. <laughs> I I I usually fans like particularly um optimistic with Atlas this season. I mean, they haven't been getting that many um headlines because I mean, Chivas just down the road has been doing all these signings. Yeah. Um but Luciano Acosta coming in, Germán Conti coming in, Abella I think was a pretty good player for Santos. I thought that was a really good signing. Um and then you've got Geraldinho as well. So I'm I I'd be I'm excited for Atlas. I mean I hope they do well because it's, it's again one of those teams that whenever they do well it does they have like a different like essence for the league. It's not it's it's a team that when they do things well, they do have like really exciting playing style. So hopefully that'll be the case because I mean I've heard really good things about all these players. Yeah, I think uh, Lucho Acosta. I mean I don't think he had the best 2019 in in MLS, but the season before that he was he was in the best eleven um, for MLS. So I think he's a player who uh, obviously comes from Boca Juniors. I think he's a player that can do something. And yeah, I mean like you said there, I mean you know your man uh, Conte, who's coming in from. Benfica, he wasn't playing a lot there, but you, you expect him to, to bring something. Javier Correa, you know, he played well at Santos. I mean, not a new signing, but, you know, I don't know, I like the defence as well. Jesus Angelo there, um, you know, you put Conte yeah. in there, then you put Nervo as well, who's kind of proven at Santos. Govea, Arbella, and it's a bit like Chivas as well. You've got a little bit more now, uh, strength in depth. You've got more options. Um, I think last season it was kind of a lot of Barcelona up front, and it was, I don't know, he, I, I liked him as well, but um, I d- didn't seem like they had too much, so yeah, good stuff for Atlas. I think that they might only miss um, Osvaldito. I think Osvaldito's just yeah. an amazing player, especially for teams like Atlas um, that probably won't get that really like amazing, like a, like a Guido Rodriguez in, in, in centre midfield, or just someone that, that's attacking a bit more like Osvaldito. But I, I think that just might be um, one of those players they might miss a little bit during the season. 
Yeah, no, I agree. Um, and yeah, I mean, I think he was we're missing. You know, what one, <laughs> one of the best, one of the best players potential of in Liga MX over the last decade in terms of foreign players. Um, you know, all the stuff that he achieved with over his time, Monterrey, Atlante, America, and then Santos, and, and then finally Atlas. So we'll see how it works out with him, but he's at Puebla now anyway. So moving on to Puebla, I mean, Adriana, you must be very excited about La Franja. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's just, <laughs> I, I know some of these teams are overconfident because there won't be um, I mean, they got Polaco Menendez. I think it was a really short contract. I don't remember if it was eight or six months. Um, they got Salas from Cruz Azul. Not not too bad. Um, Paganoni also coming in from from Veracruz. Saldivar and, and Martinez. I think I'd, I'd be most ex- most excited about that because I do think Saldivar um, had a terrible run with Monterrey, so he probably wants to just make sure that he doesn't ha- like have like a downward spiral uh, with his career after being in Chivas and then Monterrey. Um, but, but I mean, yeah, it, it just seems that they'll do okay. I mean, I'm not overly excited about Puebla, to be honest. They do have a killer community manager, by the way. Their Twitter feed is <laughs> like these past couple of weeks has been really exciting. And it's really fun to follow. Um, yeah. but yeah, but yeah no, it's yeah. just, I mean, it's tough. teams that, that benefit somewhat older players they get lots of players on loan because sometimes they won't have enough money so they're constantly changing the squad because of that and i think that probably affects them a bit too much yes but um hopefully i mean it'll be just a bit better than we're talking about right now yeah no i mean i can't see it me i just don't i don't know i don't know what the the story of the club is at the background as well because they've got this owner and then there's all you know everybody kind of pretty much knows or assumes that devi azteca are running the club as well um, and so it's just one of those clubs yeah. that's just weird and that, you know, when, when we kind of look to the future of League of MX, I mean, you want, I always think, like, I love Puebla as a city. It's one of my favorite cities in Mexico. Um, it's like, it's up there on the places that I could, you know, definitely live. Sorry? Bring back Chelis. <laughs> Bring back Chelis. <laughs> That'll make exciting. <laughs> well, the odds on Chelis coming um, back midway through the season. Probably. <laughs> oh, I can see that coming. Yeah, they should be. They should be. I mean, better, for, the, for the size of the city, you know, the stadium's nice, um, close to Mexico City. I mean, it's a club that if there's a bit of money behind them, it should be one of the better clubs in Liga MX. Um, but obviously, right now, it's not going well. Um, That's not the case. <laughs> it's not the case. That's not definitely not the case. Now, uh, sorry to round up the um, the newcomers to the league. Juarez have been going about the business kind of quietly, picking up a couple of foreign names. Um, and San Luis, I think the biggest signing is, is I think Memo Vasquez coming yeah, in. Yeah. Um, but yeah. I don't know. I mean, I think I think both of them, to be honest, were disappointing last season. Um, I thought both of oh, them came in. Atletico San Luis is not hoping for a good season. Atletico San Luis is hoping to end the season with the same coach it started it off with. Yeah. Um, it was just a terrible debut season for Atletico San Luis. I mean, I just can't imagine what the owners were thinking coming into a foreign league and then seeing the system and then having both coaches leave. Um, yeah. and then all this, all these controversies with Centurion. Um, that was, it, it that was, was just probably the best quote of the offseason, no? The Centurion one. <laughs> yeah. That was probably it. Yeah. Um, I mean, I do he, think uh... they have. 
he couldn't believe that all the clubs were closed by two 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 a.m. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah, he was disappointed. <laughs> it's like, what did you come to play, um, or did you come to go party? Priority. I mean, yeah. it just goes to show his priorities. Yeah, um, I mean, I do think, yeah, their best signing agreed is is coach Memo Vasquez. I think such an exciting coach, despite the fact that he's probably the least exciting whenever a game is on with him, yeah. um, because he does have this ability to bring out really good talent. This, like, despite of having a really small squad, I mean. He made Pumas champion the same season that he like they didn't want to invest in any players. It was just you, you've got you've got this squad. You're not getting any other thing, and you've got really young players coming in. Um, and he made them win Liga MX, and then he took Cruz Azul and almost beat America. I'm sorry, Cruz Azul fans again. Um, and then he made Necaxa semifinalist with again with a, a decent squad, nothing spectacular, but a decent squad nonetheless. Um, so. I mean, looking forward, I, I do remember he was assistant coach to Duca in Pumas, and I can only think of what will happen whenever Duca wants to leave, uh, well, wants to retire from Tigres, and I think the choice will be really obvious at that point. You think? Um, yeah. yeah. No, but it's really exciting to see Memo Vázquez. It's a good show. I, I, I really like it. But, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I mean, he's gaining tons of experience. I mean, whatever happened in Veracruz was terrible, but still experience um, for, for, for a coach, for someone in Liga Max, just to be more careful with the choices you take regarding a club. Um, but then you see all these different experiences with other clubs, and you seem to be so consistent. So, I mean, yeah, that's that's the kind of coach you want to have in your club eventually, knowing that despite the fact that he might not have the best squad in Liga Max, he can still make them really competitive. Yeah, no, it'd be interesting. Um, I think they'll do slightly better this season, but um, yeah, we'll see. He'll need some time as well. Uh, Ciudad Juarez up there. And again, I mean, I don't know. I thought both these teams, when they when they joined Liga MX, I thought they're, they're going to do something. They're going to do something in the transfer market. They're going to kind of try and make an impression. And they didn't really do too much, um, <laughs> to be honest. Either in the transfer market or on the field, um, and and you know Juarez again, it's not been exactly pulsating either, has it? This this off season. No, I mean they've got um, William Mendieta coming in from Olympia, Martin Rabuñal from Defensor Sporting Club in Uruguay, and Brian Rubio. Um, yeah, I mean it's I I was really my, my expectations regarding Juarez were a bit higher because. Apparently, economic-wise, they weren't going to struggle with anything. So I thought I, I also thought that they were going to have like this really amazing signing or like a really key player or someone that's just going to make your like turn your head and watch Juarez. And it really hasn't happened. I mean, if they weren't playing in Liga MX, to be honest, I it, I yeah, I, it, it would be all the same to me. I mean, despite yeah. the fact that it is a club that, unlike Veracruz, for instance, would have some financial stability. Um, but it still doesn't bring like that 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 color and that emotion to to, to Liga Max. They, they they still have to find that. So so yeah, I mean, hope they might do, do do well, but I don't think many people will be just looking forward to for their team playing against Juarez. Yeah. Final thing, Adriana. One wish from the Three Kings. <laughs> um, can be Liga Max. Can be anything else. One wish would be to have. Let's make it the MX. I'd, I'd want all um, Los Cuatro Grandes to be in La Liguilla. That would be a really cool wish. Nice. I'd, I'd like to see all four teams go back to La Liguilla because that means that they're doing something well despite the fact that 
we've spoken so poorly about Cruz Azul, for instance. Um, but that would mean that the league is like in, like doing things well, having their, their most popular teams back in the league. Yeah, I think that would be pretty awesome. Yeah, no, it's a good one. Okay, mine is. What would you? I don't know. I want to see some big names. Um, you know, I want to see some players. I don't, I'm not saying completely over the hill, but I want to see someone go out and spend a load of money and, and kind of bring somebody, you know, another Vincent, even a Vincent Jansen, a Gignac. A, I don't know. I think this league right now, I mean, we've got an all-star game, League MX all-star game coming up against yeah. MLS in the summer. And I'm, I don't know. I'm not seeing any much star quality. And I think that, you know, I love watching the younger players come through. But at the same time, I think uh, it'd be nice to have, you know, for someone covering the league as well, it'd be nice to have kind of some, um, don't know, a little bit of excitement. One of these clubs, you know, like the Carretero with Ronaldinho, just somebody come in and, you know, the Maradona with Dorado, something. I don't know, I'm not saying like on that level, but, you know, just make a mark, you know what I mean? Um, okay. Just make a mark on this on this league um, and, and kind of create some headlines because at the minute um, I think that I don't know MLS has taken quite a few of the players and um, and they've not really been replaced yet. So hopefully between now and the end of January, my wish is that um, you know some of these clubs go out and spend money and and kind of I'm not saying I'm not excited about the season, but you know definitely excited about Chivas. I mean Chivas have gone out and done that. Um, but I've not seen it from a lot of the other clubs, and I think that uh, it'd be nice if if, yeah. if someone did do that. Yeah, agreed. I agree. You do need that like Guignac effect to just make its way to other teams. It doesn't have to be like like you said, like Maradona coming for again, just coaching yeah. a team. But yeah, it's just someone exciting, someone that will make you like give you some headlines, and it'll kind of just hit the mark, as you said, for for the league and someone you want to follow and. Just set the example for other clubs of what they should do um, as well. So yeah, that that I agree. That that would be a good wish as well. Good stuff. Well, Adriana, thanks a lot. Um, in from first, it's the Mexican soccer show in Mexico. I think it's the first one where it's been Mexico only, isn't it? Oh, yeah, it Me- is. Etchu in Mexico. Yeah, I- <laughs> that, that's the title. <laughs> yeah. Starting off 2020 at Mexico. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, thanks a lot, Adriana. Have a good week and um, enjoy the opening weekend of Liga MX. To everyone listening in, don't forget to give us the old subscribe or like or whatever you do on the social media and download sites. And uh, yeah, keep it real and tune in next week for another edition of the Mexican Soccer Show. Bye.